Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome to the Where I Join the Curls podcast. Grab your water, your tea, your coffee, or magic mind and spend some time with me. I don't know about you, but I love sipping on something as I listen to a podcast or read a book. You can mix magic mind with your favorite seltzer water or milk to make a good concoction. I love adding magic mind to my routine because I, I hate feeling the jittery effects of certain caffeinated drinks. And I hate feeling like a crackhead, scratching all over with pre-workouts. Magic Mind gives you a boost of energy, helps with productivity, while decreasing stress, all with natural ingredients. Ingredients like lion's mane mushroom, ashwagandha, and matcha. For the month of January, you get one month free when you subscribe for three months. Go over to magicmind.com slash Jan, Joe and the Curls using code Joe and Curls 20, which is an extra 20% off, which gets you a total of 75% off. Hurry up before January ends. This episode is about a book I recently read, Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. But before I tell you about the book, I want to tell you about an experience I recently had, which is one that has been recurrent throughout my life. I went to the grocery store to buy water and I ran into an acquaintance. Him and I have only ever been on a high and by basic conversations basis we were talking about his new year's eve plans and he told me his then had asked me if i had spent my with my boyfriend to which i told him no i don't have one he asked why you're so beautiful and i just want to ask i just want to ask what's the fucking correlation between beauty and relationship status like really what's the correlation between beauty and relationship status why does every beautiful woman have to be in a relationship and every quote-unquote quote ugly one must be single but anyways i went on to tell him that i didn't have one because dating is really tricky right now i haven't had much luck in finding someone worth me being in a relationship with to which he stated you just have to find someone you like and mold them there is no molding there is no changing i'm not here to change you i'm not here to fix you or heal you that's an inner job that is your responsibility I'm here to love you, to communicate with you, to be compassionate, to be loyal. The problem with trying to mold someone is that we're not bakers. We're not baking cookies of the shape that we want. Trying to mold someone will make the cookie crumble. That's not sustainable. That change won't last because it's not something that they want. It's not something that they decided that they wanted to change. See, no two human beings have the same DNA. No two humans will live, act, and love the same way. You can't force someone to love you the way you want. You can't force someone to act the way you want them to because we're all built differently. We all have different upbringing and experiences. And now about the book. It's about a couple who gets divorced after they went through a traumatic event. The wife falls under deep depression and I love that they changed the narrative because you usually hear how the man is fucking up. The man is lacking, the man is not doing or providing, and we women are just victims. Women are never responsible. It's always the men. Or let me just say that we always have this mentality of it's 
never us, it's always them. Which brings me to the point that we're not victims. You decided to stay. You decided to stay because you felt that there was no way out. That they would change. That you could change them. You stayed because you loved them. You stayed because you hoped things would get better. But you had a choice. We all have a choice. We make choices every single day. And just because you're willing and capable of growing and changing does not mean that they are. You're diminishing your own power by staying in situations that do not serve you. That you constantly have to mold them or change them. That you constantly have to get down to their level to diminish yourself, to align yourself with them. By constantly entertaining their bullshit, by constantly entertaining their petty games or the arguments, by constantly trying to bring them up to your level, you're lowering your frequency to match theirs. So instead of helping them improve, you're just degrading yourself. By focusing your attention on them and what they lack and how they act, you shift focus from your own self and from your own necessary improvements. But I love that the main character took accountability for her actions and the role in their separation. It's always good to reflect and ask ourselves, where did we go wrong? Where we could have done better? But it's also highly important to ask ourselves why did I stay despite how I was feeling why did I settle why didn't I value myself why was I willing to diminish the quality of my experiences to remain in this relationship or just to be with somebody and now moving on have you heard the red car theory it's when you tell your mind to look for a red car and you start seeing the red car everywhere think about your dream car and you start seeing the car all over you say you want to read a book and you'll start seeing it everywhere you say you want to buy something and all of a sudden it's all over your Instagram feed and you see multiple people with it. Is it that it didn't exist before this moment? Is it that there was a select few and you just started seeing them everywhere? No, it always existed, just not in your reality. You didn't train your brain to focus on it. Similarly, we train our brains to look for only the good or only the bad in people. Whatever you ask your brain to focus on, it's all that you will see. You put someone on a high pedestal. You convince your brain that they're this amazing one in a million type of person. Despite their flaws and how fucked up they'll treat you, you'll only zoom into the good it doesn't matter how many times they stood you up it doesn't matter how many times you caught them lying it doesn't matter how many times you asked them to be more affectionate you'll only zoom into the potential and the standard that you hold them to we create standards for people we envision this high potential for them and when they don't act according to it we become upset but we gave them standards we gave them this potential that it only exists in our mind and that they may never be able to achieve because we see the them as capable or we want to see them as being capable or as this hero and the reality is that they might never be able to give you what you envision for yourself and for this relationship but going back to the book i loved how they spoke about therapy even though i don't believe it works for me i do believe it, it is a starting point in a lot of people's journey and we always need someone more intelligent than us to console or guide us but the reason i don't believe in therapy is because in order for a doctor to see you they must have a label for you and what that label did was that it enabled me it made me use these labels as a reason to excuse my shitty behavior instead of owning up to the fact that i was being a bitch i was acting out of pride and ego i called it as i was being anxious and i'm not saying anxiety and mental health disorders don't exist but we start attaching everything to that label and of course i'll give you an example I was in Belgium and I had a mini fight with my partner and instead of talking it out with him I ended up leaving his house and booking a hotel because I didn't want to deal with him I was running away from the problem he ended up coming 
to pick me up that night and we argued about it and I had pulled the anxious card to justify how I was feeling and how I was behaving and how I wasn't communicating what that did was take away my responsibility from the argument I blamed my mind and emotions I had allowed my mind to control me when we should be controlling our minds I used that as an excuse as to why I couldn't own up to what I was doing I used that as an excuse to not take ownership into my bullshit into how I was fucking up into my flaws that label felt like a safe space I am anxious I have panic attacks and I grabbed onto that when I lashed out at anybody I held on to that well you triggered my anxiety no you triggered my ego and this is all me because I should know how to control my mind and how to control my emotions and we are all capable of controlling our minds we are the watcher of our thoughts our thoughts do not have to control us we give them that power and back to that red card theory just how you continuously act on that label and say i am anxious i am depressed i am bipolar by using these labels situations will continue to present themselves to where you attach yourself to that label and instead of finding a solution instead of working on yourself you just dismiss it as this is who i am and you don't give yourself that room for growth that room for change however in the book i did love that they found a safe space to communicate their feelings and to track their growth and i'll say it again we need that we need someone who will allow us the space to communicate the things we don't want others to know the things that we are ashamed of the things that we do not have the answers to and just because i don't believe in it i don't believe that it's what i need to handle my life does not mean that i'm against it for you like I said, I think therapy is a great starting point for everybody. In the book, the main character shares something that her therapist taught her. And I'll read the quote. She has this thing where she encourages me to be my own gentle observer. He asks her, what does that mean? And she replies, it means seeing myself clearly good, bad, beautiful, ugly, failures, mistakes. Acknowledging what I really think and feel and not judging those emotions. Understanding myself, not censoring it, and having compassion for myself. And this one made me a bit emotional because I understand that we are the observer of our thoughts and I am aware of when I am being a bitch, when I'm being overly nice. I have the awareness of when I overreact, of when I'm hurt, but I'm learning how to be more compassionate with myself. I'm learning how to be nicer to my emotions. I am learning to sit with them and allow myself to process it. I'm tired of judging myself for feeling a certain way when someone does something that I deem hurtful. It's okay for me to speak up when that person didn't give me the space to speak up. It's okay to honor my truth. It's okay for me to honor every single feeling because I honor the good ones why can I honor the ones that aren't so good? And I want to share something that I recently experienced. And I won't go too much into details because it's going to be a whole different episode. But I recently did hypnosis therapy. I did a past life regression session. And in that session, I found myself observing my subconscious mind, observing my thoughts. And there was questions that she was asking me that I had the answer. That they came so quickly, so easily. But I did not want to tell her them. And there were some answers that were yanked away from me that I had to like immediately speak them up because again, they're coming from my subconscious mind. But there were some while I was in trance where I did not want to speak up and my throat was bothering me. And it's something that I want to work on. And I struggle with communicating my feelings. I struggle with sharing some truths to things. And it shouldn't be that way. So I am challenging myself to be more vulnerable to say how I feel, to say what I feel, 
despite how I think that it may sound, <laughs> despite how crazy I think it sounds, despite the fear in being vulnerable, and I know that I always share a lot here, but it's different than sharing it with somebody face to face. And I do consider myself an honest person, but I don't think I am fully honest, if that makes sense. Like, I am not a liar but I do withhold the truth if I'm not asked. So if you ask me a question, I will be a thousand percent honest with you. But if we're talking in a conversation and I feel the need to tell you something, something that you said doesn't make sense to me, or I don't agree with your perspective, I withhold my honest opinion of it. And I'll give you an example of this. I believe that one of my friends is in a domestic violence relationship. And now domestic violence is not just physical. Domestic violence is also psychological, emotional, financial. But she's never asked me for my opinion of this relationship. So I wouldn't impose my views onto her. So does that make me an honest person? I believe it doesn't because I don't speak up. But I've also learned <laughs> in my years of experience to mind my damn motherfucking business. <laughs> because there are some people who will rather lose the friendship than the relationship. I've had women who I've seen get cheated on right in my face. And I've told them about it. And they stopped talking to me. And they returned back with their boyfriends. So I am not the type to get involved now if this person were to ask me hey what do you think about this such and such then i would voice my opinion but i don't feel the need to come out of my face and say that to somebody so because of that i do feel like i am not being an honest person but i'm gonna work on it y'all we can't all be perfect so i can't be perfect all around i'm working on it honesty doesn't mean just not lying it also means you do not withhold any information you, you do not withhold your opinions you do not withhold your thoughts you are able to freely express it so just because i don't lie does not mean that i'm an honest person when it comes to the way that i handle my feelings with the way that i express myself with telling people exactly how they made me feel in that session that's what it brought up for me that i hide certain parts of myself because i don't want people to judge i don't want to hurt people I don't want to reject someone. I don't want somebody to feel any type of way. But no, I'm going to honor my truth. I'm going to honor my feelings. And if somebody made me feel a way, I am going to speak up. But anyways, in this, I also learned that if someone walks away because you decided to share your truth, if your friend, family, or lover stops talking to you because you told them about something that affected you, something that they did that caused you to feel any way, and they choose to walk away, then let them, but honor your truth in a respectful way way if they walk away based on your emotions if they walk away because you spoke up for yourself and how you felt it doesn't matter if they understand you it doesn't matter if they see it from your perspective but if they choose to walk away if they choose to shut you down girl honor your truth and walk away it is okay the next quote from the book that i want to discuss she says I heard someone say that when you try to fix people's hurt, you're controlling it instead of sitting with them and connecting. This is not me saying you were wrong and it's all your fault. It's me understanding how completely incompatible we are. And what she's referring to is how people handle things differently. People handle grief differently. Two people can experience the same event and handle them differently. And that is okay. Stop trying to fix people. Stop trying to fix people when they're feeling angry, when they're feeling sad. You're trying to control the situation. 
you're trying to control them by inserting yourself and trying to make them change their emotions without allowing them to process it we all process things differently and we all act differently so this goes back to how i started the episode We become so fixated on fixing people, on trying to help them deal with their emotions or the things that have happened to them. But what we're doing is controlling the situation instead of allowing them to handle it. We all handle things differently and it's unfair to put that pressure on people just because you wouldn't handle it a certain way. Which also goes back to the molding piece. We want to turn people into ourselves. We want people to be mind readers. We want people to act like puppets. And that is the fastest way to lead yourself to disappointment and fallout something that this book briefly touches on it's so insignificant or maybe not to the book but it's been a common theme in things that have been popping up on my feed so i want to share it yasmin which is the main character gets a new circle of close friends from her yoga class not from middle school not from high school or college and i just want to say that it's okay if you do not have quote-unquote friends from 10 to 15 years ago don't feel bad if your circle of friends keep changing or evolving as our frequency as our values and experiences change so does our friendships it's quality of the friendship and not the quantity and time does not mean anything because you have people for every stage of your life also throwing around the word friend or best friend not everyone is your friend Not everyone has the best interests at heart. Not everyone rides for you, supports you, is there for you. A lot of people who you call friends are leading you away from growth. A lot of people who you call friends, just because of the amount of years, talk a lot of shit about you. They gossip about you or are jealous and envious of you. Some of these friends have their heads so far up their ass that they don't have no self-awareness and allow you to self-sabotage and continue your endless toxic cycles it's okay to allow new people into your life it's okay to open up to the newness of new people and the last piece that this book highlighted and i saved it for last because it got me emotional and i was reading this during my period okay so cut me some slack you know i'd be so emotional during that time i just i would just be wanting a hug i just be wanting to be all cuddled up in a blanket with a coffee and my significant other which i don't have but i just want to be cuddled anyways And it was a reminder that, of course you still love this person. Of course you still have love in your heart for someone you were deeply intimate with at some point in your life. They allowed you to feel love and to be loved. They allowed you to express yourself in emotions. They gave you new experiences. The reason why it didn't work is because of what I said above. And I've said it in multiple episodes. Stop being bitter when it doesn't work out with someone. You knew it was over, but you kept on trying to extend their expiration date. Of course they had to fuck it up completely because how else would you have ended it? How else would you have learned the lesson? How else would you have moved on to the next phase of your life? How else would you have learned all that you have learned if they weren't a part of your life and came in to teach you these lessons? Stop being bitter. Stop thinking that just because something didn't work out, whether that's a friendship or with a lover, that you guys must hate each other. No, this person came into your life. To teach you something, to show you something, to give you a new experience, to change your lens, to give you a child. Whatever it is, you don't have to hate someone just because you guys fell out. And just because your friendship didn't work with somebody, it's okay. You don't have to wish them bad. You don't have to be speaking to them. You can still send them love their way because at some point, you guys needed each other. And now before I wrap this up, if you don't want to wrap it up, (laughs) go over to Herbs in Asia for your natural birth control. 
for your natural yoni oil and soap, which helps fight infections, odor, and serves as a lubricant. Her products also include things for UTIs, sex drive, gut cleanse, insomnia, drug withdrawal, literally anything, absolutely anything that you need help with, she has the remedies. Go over to herbsandasia.com and use code JRAYS10, which I will leave on the episode details below. And now to really end it. There is nothing we have been through or seen or done that cannot be used to make our lives more valuable. Now, we can grow from any experience and we can transcend any experience. We are so used to our ego. We allow our egos to lead us in every situation. And majority of the times, we do not need our egos to defend us. We do not need our egos to project fear. We do not need to put ourselves and body through pain. Marianne Williamson states, As we love, we shall be released from pain. And as we deny love, we shall remain in pain. The choice is ours. Is your need to hold on to resentment, pain, fear, hatred, cause you to resist love stronger and better than letting it go? And speaking of choices, every single day you're presented with choices, coffee or tea, anger or happiness, misery or joy. No matter the circumstance, if you can't directly change it, you can change how you view it. I get to go to work, I get a paycheck, I get to work out, I get to move my body. It is up to us to change our lens if we can't directly change it, but don't let it overconsume us. Don't let a heartbreak take away from re-experiencing love. Don't let a bad trainer stop you from going back to the gym. Don't let one bad book stop you from reading. There is absolutely nothing stopping you from changing right now, from choosing differently from starting over from starting from experience nobody is holding yourself back more than you are you in control of your life are you the captain she also states it takes all the love we're capable of to let a person go i love you so much that i can release you to be where you need to be to go where you need to go she says never abandon a person when you're leaving which translates to just because it didn't work out between you and someone else and not just in a romantic way, just because it didn't work out does not mean that you need to abandon them completely. Just because someone's energy is no longer matching yours does not mean that you completely shun them out. And I'm speaking about people who haven't taken any drastic actions to harm you. It's okay to forgive people. It's okay to love people. It's okay to love people from far. There's so many truths that we can live all at once. Choose the ones less painful for you in every situation. And I just want to share something that I experienced with my coworkers recently. We were all speaking and they had said how their parents were never affectionate. Most of them have never been told by their parents, I love you. And I have come to realize that that's more normal than not. And what I told them and challenged them and I challenge you, be affectionate this week. Challenge yourself. If you've never told your parents, I love you. If you've never hugged them, go and do so. If your siblings don't like love or receiving love, Make it awkward for them and tell them you love them. I love making my siblings awkward. <laughs> I really do. I will call them up and before we hang up, I'll be like, I love you. You just never know. Life is so short. Life is so precious. You don't ever want them to leave earth without you saying that. And yes, you can say they know I love them, but that is completely different. 
than you actually telling them. So take the time, and not just with your parents, with anybody in your life. As you listen to this episode, tell someone you love them. Thank somebody for being in your life. Thank somebody for giving you the lessons that you needed. Thank somebody for causing you pain because without that pain, you would have never let them go and have done better. And now if you want to be extra challenged, I dare you to apologize to somebody. I dare you to apologize to somebody and tell them, listen, it was my fault and I'm going to take the blame for it. I didn't know better. I was operating from a lower frequency. I should have never said this to you. I should have never done this to you. It doesn't matter if they don't forgive you. It doesn't matter if you don't become best friends. It doesn't matter if you don't reconcile the relationship. What I'm asking you is to take ownership of your bullshit. Take ownership. I'm sorry that I made you feel away. Even if you don't agree, you are not in that person's head. You don't view it from their perspective. Be more understanding, be more compassionate. Tell somebody, this is exactly how I fucked up. This is why I acted this way. This is why I did this without blaming them. Take control of the situation. Take control of your mind. Take control of your heart. Lead with your heart. One way that I am going to challenge myself this upcoming month. I want to start taking inventory of my life. I already journal. I always have my journal with me whether I'm listening to a podcast or reading a book. I love to take notes. But I don't write my day to day. And I need to start taking inventory of the good things that happen. The bad things that happen. All the in between. I want to start taking inventory of how I'm pushing myself towards my goals and becoming who I say that I want to become. And one of the questions that I had asked myself is, what actions did I take today that align me closer to who I want to be, who I want to become, and to my goals? Another question is, would my higher self be proud of the actions that I have taken today? Am I listening to my body and soul? What do they need? Did I do something to take myself out of my comfort zone? Or was I stagnant? Did I repeat any old patterns? I think it's, it's just important to take inventory and to recognize both good and bad. And we're just living day to day, literally waking up, going to work, coming back home. By the time that you come home and you realize that the day is over and that's not living, you're just existing. We need to live. So let's take inventory. Let's take inventory of the things that make us feel really good whether it's that small cup of coffee, whether it's the smell of the flowers as you're walking towards the train station. Is it running into your neighbor as you're turning on your car? Is it that smile from a stranger that you received? Is it that feeling that you get when you listen to your favorite song? Whatever it is, let's tap into that energy and let's feel good. Let's make sure that we have one positive thing going for us every single day. Carol G has the song Mañana Será Bonito, which translates to tomorrow will be pretty. But why are we waiting until tomorrow? Why are we waiting until tomorrow to feel good, to make ourselves feel good? It doesn't matter what you're going through. You can add one little ounce of happiness to your day each single day. No matter how that looks like for you, whether that's turning on a candle, whether that's running a bath, whether that's staying in bed, whether that's watching your favorite comfort show, whatever it is, do not wait till tomorrow to make it pretty. You can make today, you can make tonight pretty. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Download the episodes, rate this show five stars. (laughs) Share with your cousin, with your neighbor, with your lover, with your ex. Go buy yourself some flowers. Go buy someone flowers. Treat someone to coffee. Whatever it is, make yourself and make someone else feel good. Until next time.